Hello and welcome to BSD Talk, number 63. It's Thursday, August 31, 2006. The interview that I have for you today was recorded last week, and then I went to Mexico for five days, and when I came back, I received an email from Mitchell Smith saying that he's made some progress on his screen reader for the command line and tested it on NetBSD and OpenBSD. So during the interview, you hear him say that he's trying to work on that project, but apparently there's been some good progress, and I intend on having him back on the show as soon as I can to hear his update. Anyway, here's the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Mitchell Smith, and I wanted to speak with you because I had some questions about your use of BSD and also your use of accessibility options and how you work with BSD. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So perhaps you could give us a brief description of who you are, what you do, and how you use BSD. Well, I've been using BSD for probably close on five years now, uh, both OpenBSD and NetBSD. Before that, I was using Linux since about 96, I guess, uh, the Debian operating system. Mainly I do work with uh, hosting companies and other small businesses, so I think I currently admin somewhere in the vicinity of about 70 NetBSD and Linux boxes. There's web servers, mail servers, firewalls, file servers, that sort of thing. I've mainly switched to BSD because there was some issues in the early 2.6 series kernels when they were released that they were releasing frequent security updates. And I thought, no, I need to find something that you, know, you can sort of install and leave and not have to worry about it. So. OpenBSD ended up being my uh, my choice there, and of course later NetBSD uh, for for Zen support and uh, operating system virtualization. So that's really a bit of my background with uh, with BSD. And another part of your use of computers in general involves some accessibility challenges. So perhaps you could describe those and how easy or difficult it is to work with. Unix variants and the BSD specifically? As, as far as Linux goes, there's several options available to you in terms of screen reading access, uh, magnification, braille terminals if, if you use braille terminals. So that sort of thing is widely available under Linux. And so far under BSD, it's, it's a little bit limited. You know, I, I tend to use mainly serial console access, you know, if you're doing installations or stuff like that. Otherwise, I use either a Linux or Windows screen reader and uh, SSH, obviously, into the various BSD systems. So, yeah, either serial console access or, or SSH is your main point of access uh, currently under the BSD operating systems. Um, in terms of uh, screen reading access, currently um, I have had some success with Orca, which is a, uh, a screen reader for the GNOME desktop, which is mainly written for, for Solaris and Linux, but it does work with quite a degree of access under NetBSD. So that's obviously if, if you're willing to have a, a full GUI installed on your, your servers, you can use Orca, which uh, does work rather successfully. 
I think what's fairly common, you know, from the people I interact with, it's Windows with something like JAWS and, you know, a terminal or a secure shell application. Sure, and yeah, JAWS, JAWS or Windows being the, uh, the two leading screen readers for Windows and, as you say, a terminal application. Secure CRT is the one I use, but you know, most SSH clients or, or terminal clients work quite well. As far as screen readers in the open source world, you know, one of the few available text-to-speech engines might be Festival. Uh, I don't yeah. know what you're using on, on the Linux side or the BSD side. Sure. Well, Festival developed at uh, CMU, I believe, has also a, a stripped-down version of Festival called F-Lite, which is what I was uh, testing with Orca on the genome, uh, which, which does work um, quite well on the NetBSD. It compiles and, and runs on the NetBSD quite successfully. Do you ever use any external text-to-speech engines like a deck talk? Under the BSDs at the moment, they're not supported. Um, I'm currently working on a port of an application called Braille TTY, which is a Linux application, well, a Linux kernel module and application. I'm trying to get that ported across to NetBSD, which will give access to, obviously, Braille terminals and external synthesizers like the uh, deck talk, double talk, and most other sort of generic serial synthesizers. Will this be a kernel-level access, or will it be user land? Um, user land is what I'm aiming for, because you know, obviously it's a lot easier to implement, and you know the, the fewer modifications to the kernel, the, the easier it is to just drop on a system and run, uh, you know, rather than having to, to add modules to a currently running stable server. Yeah, because I guess, at least in the Linux world, kernel modifications like SpeakUp at least allow you to see the boot messages and also get through some installs. Sure, exactly, which is why serial console access is, is really the best option should you need, obviously, access before uh, SSH comes up. You know, you can you can get serial console access depending on what you're using, even down to the BIOS level on some architectures. And I don't know how much interaction you have with other people who are interested in technology and people who are also using screen readers. Is there a perception that people would love to try them out, but the support isn't as nice as they would like? Um, in a way, it does. It seems to be a big barrier, um, even even so far as getting in and trying things like um, Orca and SpeakUp under Linux. You know, a lot of people either aren't aware that the open source options are out there, and if they are, then they're just too daunting, so they tend to fall back on something like uh, JAWS or Windows, which is a, a commercially supported solution, obviously, with training and stuff available. I think that will get better. I mean, Orca is is really developing quite well. You know, you can you can use it under under GNOME for you know Firefox access, OpenOffice, email. So I mean, it, it's coming along. I mean, it's certainly not to the degree of say JAWS or Windows, but you know, it's certainly further than we've ever been before on a uh, open source platform. And being an open source screen reader as well, it's written uh, primarily in Python. It's it's wonderfully scriptable, and if something doesn't behave the way you want it to, you can just modify it and you know, get it to read things how you like. Does Orca rely on the applications having hooks for accessibility, or does it do a pretty good job of handling applications that weren't written with accessibility in mind? Well, it works quite well with applications that use standard GTK framework, but obviously you know, programmers like to you know, build their own widgets and things like that, which makes screen reader access, even under the Windows environment, quite difficult if you're not using standard Windows controls. 
then it makes it very difficult for a screen reader to get access to that application, which is why having a scriptable screen reader like Lorca, it, it makes it a lot easier to, to modify the screen reader, as it were, to interact with that application. And do you feel that the command line nature of BSD, Linux, and other Unix variants makes it a, a better platform for people with screen readers, given that it's a much more linear interface? Sure, definitely. I mean, I, I originally started using a computer from DOS uh, with, you know, obviously a DOS screen reader. And a command line um, interface is, is a lot easier to use for, for visually impaired people because with a screen reader, obviously, it's got to try and give you feedback from a visual environment. And with a command line application, you, you're getting primarily text feedback, which makes it a lot easier for a screen reader to interact with your environment because it's just reading back straight text rather than you know, trying to interpret dialogue boxes, check buttons, drop-down lists, menus, and all that sort of stuff. And do you think that the available command line applications are on par with what you have in the graphical world? You know, I'm a frequent user of the Lynx web browser. Love it. There's obviously some things that it doesn't do. Uh, the Mutt email client, things like that. But you know, are there some applications in the GUI world that you wish you had on the command line? As you say, Lynx does an incredible job of, of web browsing, um, except obviously with uh, you know, websites in JavaScript, Ajax, that sort of thing. I, I personally use Vim as an editor, and I far prefer that to using Microsoft Word, but someone who's maybe coming to computers for the first time with a screen reader might find Vim a bit daunting, obviously, rather than the, the sort of point-and-click nature of Word. Once you're familiar with a, a command line environment, I think you can certainly do things a lot faster than, than you can with a, a graphical environment with a screen reader, simply because, obviously, with a graphical environment, you still have to memorize all the keyboard shortcuts anyway. And so, you know, quite often I find a command line interface is, is a lot faster. Uh, as to applications that are available in the graphical environment, um, no. I mean, you can you can play MP3s, you can read email, write documents, uh, you can do just about anything from a command that you could do from a, uh, a graphical environment. Yeah, I'm a creature of, of habit when it comes to the command line. Even when I'm in a graphical environment, if I need to edit a configuration file, I'm much more likely to open up the console and use v, VI or Vim to edit it than use one of the graphical editors. Sure. Um, another thing uh, about... BSD and the other Unix variants is that the administration of them is traditionally command line driven, which I actually prefer. Do you think that it makes it easier to administer? You usually hear people say that Unix is difficult to administer because it doesn't have that magical checkbox that solves all your problems, but I, I actually prefer the command line environment. It's interesting that you say that actually because um, I was doing an installation of uh, Windows 2003 Small Business Server uh, last week and obviously. Um, Exchange and all those other applications that go with it. And I was thinking to myself when I'm doing this, you know, is it, I could have had it done in a tenth of the time with, you know, OpenBSD, PostFix, and uh, a, a similar Unix environment simply because, you know, it's just a matter of popping open a couple of configuration files and making changes rather than searching for an elusive te uh, checkbox, which, you know, often is buried under 20 different menus. So, I suppose it depends what environment you're familiar with, but certainly if you're you're familiar with command line interfaces and configuration files, then you, know, you can you can get stuff done so much faster 
in a, a command line environment uh, in terms of administration. It also makes it a lot easier to automate, and you know, I'm a big fan of automation, uh, CF Engine, Puppet, all those uh, wonderful tools just make administration so much quicker. And uh, you know, quite often you can try to script that in a uh, Windows environment is a bit more challenging. Yeah, I think we could actually do probably an entire hour just talking about CF Engine and other configuration management systems, which are just wonderful. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you must do a lot of that kind of stuff given the number of machines that you're administering. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think that automation is certainly the way to go. It, it reduces human error. Uh, it makes systems easier to replicate. You know, it provides an audit trail. It certainly uh, reduces administration time as well. And um, far less room for failure. You know, if, if something fails, then you just you know make sure that the the configuration is up to date with your your CF engine configuration, and you know, it usually will resolve a lot of the the issues that you might have from manually editing configuration files. So, are a lot of the machines that you administer similar, or are they unique machines? A lot of them are similar, simply because you know, a file server is a file server, no matter which office, uh, you know, size of client base that you, you're running on it. Um, obviously, you know, different file servers will have different file shares available, but essentially you're going to have the same packages installed, Samba, whatever firewall you have or you know, uh, access control you have on that uh, server. And yeah, I find, find that similarities, you know, depending on what the machine's going to be used for, be it a mail server, web server, file server, firewall, your configuration's been mostly the same with just some, some minor changes, which is why tools such as CF Engine and Puppet work so well, because you know you can you can start out with a base image and, and just fine-tune for your, your client-specific needs. And are you using Linux usually because of a client request, or is it something that uh, you're also gravitating towards, or is it mostly BSD by your choice? I'm just trying to figure out your mix of, of operating systems. I would have said three years ago, Linux primarily, simply because that's what I started out with, and you know, you just get so used to using that environment, but of late I have been migrating more towards OpenBSD and NetBSD. Um, I'd say it's probably a mix of, of half, half BSD, half Linux at this stage, and uh, becoming more BSD-based because I find BSD, it's, it's a lot more stable, it's a lot more integrated, if you like, and it's just, it's, it's easier to, uh, to, you know, you can, you can say, well, this is a NetBSD 3.0.1 system, and, and you can know roughly what it is, whereas uh, using something like Debian, you know, there can be so many variations because of, you know, package, different packages installed on systems and so on. I mean, you can, the same applies to NetBSD, if you, you make, uh, major customizations to to a system, then it's going to vary. But, but I find it provides a far more solid base to work from. And and speaking of packages and variations and stuff like that, what are your thoughts about the relative strengths and weaknesses of the BSD packaging system and update mechanisms? Um, I like Debian's package package system. There's no way of getting around that. It, it's just easy, you know, apt-get, install, whatever, and, it, and it's done. But having said that, using a, a binary packaging system does limit you in some ways. You know, quite often, if you want postfix recompiled with various options enabled that maybe aren't 
enabled by the package maintainers, um, you'll have to build your own custom packages, and that can get tedious depending on how customized you want them to be. TKG SRC under NetBSD is wonderful. It's quite easy to, to build packages and, and roll them out to systems with CF Engine and other automation tools um, just from PKG SRC. So I find that works really well. well. I want to thank you very much for agreeing to come on to this podcast and talking about your use of BSD and uh, the options for accessibility. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. Or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. This has been BSD Talk number 63. Thank you for listening.